Fiona as our reader in training. She's speaking to us today. So uh, just uh, pray for her and then we will listen. Heavenly Father, thank you, Fiona. Thank you for who she is and for all the ways you have blessed us through her. We pray that you would use her words this morning to encourage us. Give us open ears and hearts to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. I'll just say a little prayer. Father God, just, just deliver your word. Like, enable me to just be, a, you know, to be that channel and that your word be understood. Thank you. Amen. So I'm going to be reading on the sermon that is um, John 13. Loving one another is essential and central to Jesus' teaching. This message is implicit, is, this, is, this message is explicit in order to have quality in our lives. Our character must become more Christ-like. Christ has made the sacrifice. He has passed on the baton for us to continue in the race and share in his glory. Here we have, within these five verses, some of the most profound teachings of our Saviour and Lord. Jesus will be glorified. He will be leaving, but his disciples are unable to follow him at this stage. And he commands, he does not tell them to love, he demands that they love. Visualising the context in which these profound statements are made reiterates their importance. Jesus, in the beginning of the chapter, had just demonstrated a lesson in humility by having carefully washed his disciples' feet. He then had a slight altercation or running with Judas, and he stormed off. Then Jesus questions Peter's loyalty and tells him that he will deny having ever known him. Disturbing, upsetting truths, which would have rocked the foundations of this amicable group of friends who were enjoying a meal the same way they had done for the past three years. Out of the ordinary and disturbing comes this upset. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. A wrench on the equilibrium of this group of friends. A driving a spanner into the works. But sandwiched in between this mayhem is the command that they love one another. Jesus provides the reason for why this is a command and not a request by saying, all men will know you are my disciples. The disciples are to be God's representatives on earth by expressing an unquestionable love for humanity and life. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 8, Paul describes what love is and sets a high bar. We are reminded briefly that love is kind, patient, it never boasts, acts, proud, envies or is rude. It is by no means self-seeking, angered or keeps records of wrongs, never delights in evil but rejoices only with the truth. It always protects, trusts, hopes and perseveres. The disciples, we can imagine, being a marginalised group, living in an occupied society, exposing themselves as followers of Jesus. They were soon to be left feeling vulnerable, knowing, as they did, that they were about to be left alone without Jesus, who had up until now 
driven their purpose, aims and goals. They witnessed his movement, mimicked it in fact, when they had gone, into, gone out in twos with the authority of Jesus to drive out demons, cure, cure diseases, whilst preaching the coming of God's kingdom on earth. Up until now, their lives would have been a roller coaster of discovery, journeying with this amazing intellect, this individual who can quell a storm and walk across water. Up until now, they had been carried and steered towards the truth which was tangible. Now, the expectation is for them to trust and obey. No more rabbi, friend. Everything they had been shown and lived through had accomplished what? When I think of the narrative that is Good Friday's, the Good Friday story, it is so terribly bleak. Despite the conviction from Jesus that the Son of Man glorified and God is glorified in him. For those who heard what Jesus had said, it would have had very little substance or meaning. They were there at the start of God's story. We know the whole story and have the advantage in knowing the sacrifice of Jesus was necessary. To know God is to do justice, that yearning for the love of equality, because from love we gain. Today in society, the rise of individualism, the need to blame others, the anger, rage we vent towards others is prevalent and witnessed in most of our everyday interaction. I find I must, I must put strategies in place for, place, for example, to avoid getting angry. Those of a certain age might remember a set of cartoon adverts which I think were labelled government information snippets, the commonest of which was, a caption, was the caption, Charlie said, there was one which related to road rage. The cartoon started with a loving family consisting of parents and children. One of the adults is set to leave and they skip off merrily and jump into their cars. As they sit in the car, in their car, their head morphs into that of a hog, indicative of road hog. I can relate to the image because I used to get angry behind the wheel, but now I just become complacent and tell myself that I, am, I have superior driving skills and everyone else is still learning, so therefore I am able to tolerate others' drivers' mistakes. The act of tolerance enables me to avoid morphing. In order to tolerate the actions of others effectively, it is crucial that we develop empathy, that natural ability to view situations from another person's perspective. As with BLM, Black Lives Matter, white people must be made aware that there is fundamental differences in our society, which are in place in order to discriminate unjustly against people who look like me. Education and learning is key towards tolerance, understanding and empathy. With the increasing use of social media and the misinterpretation of the tone or expression intended when tweeting, using Facebook, Instagram or TikTok, whichever social platform, can often and, can, can and often does result in people being unkind. That in, the moment, that in the moment rage, angst or hurt can be exhibited and put into words and cause pain. As with the start of this week of the long-awaited slanging match between two social heavyweights airing their grievance in public to the advantage of their legal team and our salacious desire to be informed. Unfortunately, Wagatha Christie, 
libel case, if, as it has been termed, will result in nothing pleasurable except bruised pride. Love is not proud and it never boasts. Our desire for the two social heavyweights is to appreciate the words of Paul and to adopt them in their search for justice. True meaningful justice comes about when we are able to put our trust in God that he will deliver and judge on our behalf. In Paul's interpretation of what love is, we can possess several of the spiritual gifts given, but if we do not have love, we are incomplete and gain nothing. We can practice loving when we live by the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22-24, to introduces the fruits of the Spirit by which we all can live, or all, by which we all long to live. Walking with Jesus, grappling with what we know to be his nature, his character, will draw us closer to the promise of God's kingdom on earth. Possessing the Spirit might enable the walk to be joyous, uplifting and full of pleasure as we tear away the layers that are human nature and adopt those which are spiritual. Amen.